We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi there. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Sunday, September 10th. A very happy first weekend of NFL football. That's redundant, but a very happy weekend for all who participate. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I am joined by my good buddy, Ryan Boyer. Uh, we're going to be looking at some uh, guys who had a nice little Saturday and some guys who did not have a whole heck of a lot of fun in one of the final weekends of the year. Also offer some fab recommendations in the second half of the show. But first, we're going to take a look at some headlines. And Ryan, I almost said Pedro Severino because uh, that's just the way this is going to go today. Uh, Severino of the New York Yankees, Luis Severino, is done. It came, it came to you eventually. Yes, it sure did. Luis Severino is done for the year. A very disappointing season, to say the least, for a guy that, look, a long time ago I said I thought he was a reliever. I was wrong about that. A lot of people thought he might be an ace. They were wrong about that. But uh, no doubt that there were some. There has been some flashes of brilliance and some lows of lows. I think 2023 just got to be considered a low, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been ace-like at times, certainly, um, during his career. This season has – well, actually, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago he had a – like an awesome start. There have been flashes this season. I feel like his stuff um, has looked fine. Sure. Um, since he's been healthy and or while he's been healthy, um, velocity's been fine. But I think it's more like a command thing. He's given up. He gave up a ton of home runs this year. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just you know the combination of not having great command and residing at Yankee Stadium has been the recipe for a lot of a lot of home run issues for Luis Severino. Um high grade oblique strain is what's gonna ultimately end his season and most likely his Yankees career, I would say. Yeah. Really gonna be interested to see what kind of deal he gets this offseason. He's gonna be one of the younger Ish, I mean, I would believe he'll be 30 by the time next season starts. He's still 29 now, but that's still relatively young for a for a free agent. Um, and obviously, he's flashed a ton of upside in the past. I think he's probably looking at more like a 
one of those pillow contracts or a, a, yes. like a one year with an option type of deal. That's probably what he should be taking, frankly, um, because he's not going to get, I mean, a few years ago, the kind of contract that Luis Severino was envisioning, what his agent was envisioning. Yes. He's definitely not going to come close to that. No. Um, but the upside's still there. You know, I could see, I could see a bounce back depending on what kind of situation he lands in. You get one of those organizations that's just, I mean, the Yankees got a pretty decent reputation themselves, but mm-hmm. you, get, you get one of those organizations like the, Dodgers or Guardians or oh, something, yeah. throw him into that mix, and I, yeah. could see, I could definitely see a bounce-back season coming. But, yeah, I mean, ERA in the like mid-sixes, I believe, he'll finish with, and yeah, just a super high whip. Not, not a great walk year that he was envisioning, but um, no. I, I do think there's eventually uh, room for him to turn it around. Yeah, absolutely. And I forget about that age. Like he seems like a little bit of an older gentleman just because I've been writing about him a long time and I'm an old man. Um, But I think that Dodgers call is really interesting. And I didn't necessarily say you predicted the Dodgers, but doesn't that organization make just a ton of sense for someone like him? Like, yes, the Dodgers obviously have a ton of starting pitching depth in terms of quantity. But you saw that it got tested this year, and every team's starting pitching depth, I think, this year has been tested. I know my Seattle Mariners, uh, the the team that uh, got very lucky with no injuries to their rotation last year, was not so lucky this year. You need guys like this. You need to add players like this because I think Luis Severino could be a terrific multi-inning reliever, too, if he ends up going that route. And if he looks good as a multi-inning reliever for the Dodgers, he can go test free agency in 2025 as a starter where the starting pitching market is not as so good. Absolutely. I think that's a really good call. I I probably, no matter where Severino lands next year, I'm not drafting him because there's just not enough uh, fantasy upside for me. Just doesn't quite miss enough bats to be that type of guy that I just have to have him on my roster. But if he goes to a team like the Dodgers or the Rays or someone like that, who have done a really good job with reclamation projects, sure. Adds a little more fantasy intrigue. Uh, Plus plus the Dodgers are going to have to, you know, mix in some more like one year to option type contracts to go with their, uh, their deal with the guy named. Oh, Oh, Hey, Jotani. Yeah. 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 That'll make you go to, uh, that'll make you get the, uh, the single and in and out instead of a couple doubles uh, for sure. Uh, when you have to pay, Someone like that. A uh, yes, yes. couple of players. Pl- couple of players in the NL Central scratched. Uh, Christian Yelich scratched with lower back soreness. Noel V. Marte was scratched after he was struck in the face during warmups. Obviously, the big fantasy one here is Yelich, who has bounced back uh, and had one of his better seasons. Although going through a little bit of a scuffle as of late, average dropped to two seventy four, but. We will certainly take that from Christian Yelich. Uh, Marte hasn't quite shown the power-speed combination that we were hoping for when he got the call-up. That's not a huge surprise. Uh, baseball's hard, right? It is very hard to go in and play at a high level, especially when you're playing in the middle of a playoff race. Don't see a lot of prospects have that. It's usually guys who are getting called up at that stage or guys that uh, – are very much looking forward to 2024 in terms of maybe being competitive. Not the case for Marte. 
Uh, but definitely two injuries that fantasy managers got to be, be taking a close an eye on, not just tomorrow, but I think over the next couple of days. For sure. And yeah, with Marte, I guess they, they said today he actually broke his nose. Ooh. Um, I don't, but you know, the, the Reds made a handful of, of transactions today and transactions today. And one, it did not include putting Marte on the IL. So right. I guess it's just a potentially a pain tolerance thing. He'll probably have to wear some kind of uh, Hannibal Lecter mask for a bit to deal with that, uh, to deal with that, that broken nose um, mm-hmm. with Yelich. He is, he's out of the lineup again today. Um, he's dealt with back, back issues kind of off and on for several years now. And Craig Council kind of pointed to, to that fact, um, just going to need to shut things down for a day or two and kind of let that back calm down. Um, him and Anthony Rizzo are both kind of just – Every once in a while, they have a back issue that just flares up, and they just need a little rest. Sure. Um, but yeah, their Yankees are, or the Brewers are at the Yankees today, and they're back home tomorrow for a, a, taking on the Marlins, I believe. And tomorrow's a night game, so I, I suspect Yelich will be back in the lineup uh, tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I, I think fantasy managers will pub, probably have him back in their lineups this upcoming week. Yeah, here's hoping anyway. I, I'm really happy for Christian Yelich. I, I think that he was a guy who, you know, maybe set unrealistic expectations with two just absolutely spectacular seasons. And then, you know, he was a solid, if unspectacular player the next couple of years. It's somewhere in between now. Certainly nowhere close to the guy that we saw that was challenging Cody Bellinger. He did not have quite the belly bounce back uh, that I'm going to call the, the, you've just got to call it the belly bounce back, right? And that's just what we have to do now. But uh, I, it is nice to see him be a solid player, very important player for the Brewers in the postseason. I think we're kind of locking the Brewers into a postseason spot at this point right now. So the, they are going to be taking things very cautious with him, but hopefully we do see him back in the lineup pretty soon. Somebody you're not going to see in the lineup pretty soon, and maybe not for the rest of the season, Mackenzie Gore uh, placed on the injured list today with finger blisters. Uh, Joe Lasorso was recalled in that corresponding transaction. Uh, Gore looked pretty good in the first half of the season. Things did not look so good in the second half of the season. A 6.30 FIP over his final 50 and two-thirds innings. Uh, struck out just 21.7% of the batters he faced. Allowed more dingers in those first final 50 innings uh, than he did the entire first half. I do think there were enough flashes to be excited about Mackenzie Gore in this uh, in the coming years. But I also think we saw that this is still a work in progress, Ryan. Yeah, kind of a mixed bag from him this year. I mean, he'll, if this is the end of his season, he'll, he'll finish with like a mid-fours ERA. The whip is definitely high to a little over – one four, I believe, but also missed a bunch of bats. Um, you know, he still flat flashed that potentially high end strikeout ability. Also made 27 starts. I mean, we, you know, that's this is a guy who injuries and you know, he dealt with the mechanical issues for a couple yeah. of years. Just the fact that he went out there for for 27 starts, I think, is a pretty encouraging in and of itself. And could be a nice little uh, little step forward. I mean, I I struggle with 
how to evaluate him still over the long haul because he he's so fastball dependent. Yeah. Um, just hasn't been able to find that consistent breaking ball. Like I think he's going to often have home run issues. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's still pretty young, and he feels like the kind of guy, especially because he get, can miss so many bats, like – if he just figures out figures out like a different pitch grip or just something little he could potentially tweak he he still has the ability to like take take it to the next level but i think going into the next season he's probably more like late round flyer territory in, in mixed yeah. leagues yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with that you know i sure. think there is i'm much more excited about him in dynasty and keeper leagues just because i think you're talking about in the future, like 2026, 2027. I think he could be something nice. I think your rotation for the Nationals is really interesting next year because I think you've got three locks. I think you've got JoJo Gray. I think you've got uh, Gore. And I think Jake Irvin at this point is definitely going to be an option of it as well. Yeah, he has been good. I've been very surprised by how good he's been. Uh, Steven Strasburg may be in that rotation because the the ownership is going to be like, nope, you're playing. You get your you get your you know what on the mound. What oh a God. disaster of a thing. Right, Drew and I spent like an hour and a half talking about it on yesterday's podcast, but it's just the fact that Rob Manfred is stepping in to this thing and telling him that it sets a bad precedent. I will be the commissioner, Ryan. I will do it as a treat. I mean, we don't have to have this dude. I will absolutely step in and do a better job than this guy is. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, One final injury to go over before we get into the second half of the show. Uh, Luis Grangifo suffered a bicep uh, tendon rupture, and his season is over. Um, Really good second half. Ends up finishing 439-444. Kind of played all over for him. Played some shortstop, played some second base, was used in the outfield. I think he's probably a guy who's going to get a lot of at-bats for them next year, mainly because I think uh, the Angels are a disaster trash fire, and they're not going to be – they're going to try to get one guy. I know one guy they're going to try really hard to get, and when that doesn't work out, they're going to try to get somebody else – or not try to get anybody else because point in it. I'm a little intrigued by Regifo just because I think he's going to have eligibility. Not a bad little guy to have at the back of your bench. Yeah, by the way, apologies. I'm sure you're hearing that noise in the background. I have, uh, we actually have guys almost directly below me uh, stripping and staining our door today, our front door. Nice. And it sounds like the, maybe the, uh, the sanding is going on right now, which I did not anticipate. So apologies for that. Yeah, Renifo had really been heating up lately um, and injured on the, on the on deck circle with a, I mean, a ruptured bicep tendon really doesn't sound great. Um, so not surprisingly, will end his season. Um, but yeah, he had been through, you know, basically out of necessity, had been playing a pretty key role with their angels of late, given the injuries they've been dealing with. Um, but you know, the multi position eligibility. He can hit for power on occasion. Doesn't really steal a ton of bases, but you know he's a, he was being a useful uh, deeper league option. Um, Otani, are we going to see him again? It yeah. seems like they want him to be come back maybe tomorrow against your Mariners. I believe they're uh, yeah. they're playing. 
Yeah. That's a nice little, would be a nice little present for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, certainly while the current belief is that he should be back imminently, maybe as soon as tomorrow, I don't, I don't think anybody would be surprised if we find out, you know, that he's ultimately shut down. He's obviously got some, got some bigger fish to fry. Yeah. And assuming that you don't have like, just like a one person bench or something like that. I think you just got to stay with Otani until the season ends. Like it's just, if you dropped him and he ended up playing that next week, you would be kicking yourself throughout this season and maybe next season and maybe the season after that. So I would absolutely still be rostering Shohei Otani uh, for the rest of the season. And hopefully we get to see him. I'll even take him playing against my Mariners. Although, if the Mariners just want to score a bunch of runs so Otani's homers don't matter, I wouldn't hate that either. Uh, that covers most of the big weekend stories. We'll take a look at the three up and three down from Saturday and also offer some waiver targets. But first, a quick commercial break. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching 
so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, let's take a look at those three up and three down. And Ryan, uh, the Blue Jays needed a really good start from Kevin Gossman, and they got a really good start from Kevin Gossman. They sure did, yeah. Eight innings, just one run allowed, two hits, one walk, ten strikeouts against the Royals. Yes, it was against the Royals. That should be <laughs> should be should be mentioned, but yeah. a great start from Gossman. Um, Eighteen whiffs on one hundred and five pitches. He had not been pitching great lately. No, uh, came into the start with a five seven five ERA and nine walks in his last four starts coming into yesterday's action. Four point three three ERA in the second half. This was his first double-digit strikeout game since June. So, yeah, it was a much-needed um, kind of bounce-back start for Gossman. I mean, he had mixed in some some really good starts over that aforementioned stretch. But on the whole, hasn't been as good in the second half nearly as he, as he was in the first half. And the Blue Jays, obviously, with the playoff positioning they're in mm-hmm. right now, um, they need – all those starts they can get. Um, and Gossman, I believe he's up over over 200 strikeouts now in the season. Another great season for him overall. And, I, I mean, I think fantasy manager – by the way, cut his cut his hair off, I noticed. Maybe this was a, yeah. in an effort to kind of um, reverse the, the negative trends he had been experiencing lately. So we're used to the, all that flow from, from Gossman, but – hacked all his hair off and it, it definitely worked for him for him yesterday yeah absolutely and like you said they need it and that's one of the things to be i think a little excited about if you're using him for your playoff push is that i think he's a a very motivated guy i'm not saying that kevin gosman is ever not taking a start seriously but i'm just saying like knowing that kevin gosman has to be at his best has worked out for him in the past i think people forget uh that start he had against the mariners in game two of the wild card was fantastic until it kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. Kevin Gossman, really good pitcher. Um, and unfortunately for my Seattle Mariners, the uh, they are taking advantage of that crap shack of a schedule that they have played over the last few weeks. Uh, Will you're a brave five for five yesterday with a double three RBI also drew a walk and he stole a base. It's kind of interesting. A now has 12 hits on the season in his 34 at-bats. Nine of those have come in two games. He went four for five with a homer uh, in the 17-1 shellacking of the Astros, which seems like forever ago, on uh, August 24th. And now he has a five-hit effort. Uh, In between, hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of good, but put up good numbers in the minors, getting a chance to play um, every day for a team that's kind of still in playoff contention not really they'd have to just have an absolutely scorching end to the season but I'm at least a little bit intrigued by Abreu I think he's played well enough to maybe put himself into consideration for a a roster spot next year also makes sense as a trade candidate if the uh Red Sox want to go with Sedane Raffaella and if I'm being honest with you they should go with Sedane Raffaella over William Abreu it's been a little weird how little playing time Raffaella has gotten since the call-up um, Alex Cora gave some vague 
nonsense about why he hasn't been playing so often. Never listen to managers. They are never telling you the truth about anything. Uh, but yeah, I think Abreu is at least interesting. Maybe somebody to keep an eye on for DFS leagues more than anything else, just because he's going to be a cheaper option. But uh, a pretty impressive darn day on Saturday. Darn day on Saturday. That's a weird phrase. <laughs> yeah, reach base and all six of his plate appearances. That's uh, that'll work. Quite a feat, especially for a for a rookie just kind of breaking in. Yeah, I've I've been surprised as well that they. He's seemingly been kind of the choice over Rafaela most days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Jaron Duran, done for the season now, had toe surgery. Um, so there's kind of room to squeeze him into the lineup. It's still not a straight-up everyday job down the stretch, I don't think. But I think I'm with you. I think it like daily transactions leagues and, and DFS leagues, when he when he is in that lineup, I think he's, he's interesting. He – he came over in the Christian Vasquez trade, I believe, yes. from, the, from the Astros. So that was just, that was just kind of a bizarre trade. Yes. Is it really um, was? They tra- the Astros traded for Vasquez and then like didn't really play him at all down the stretch and gave up a couple of interesting pieces. And in, in yeah. Manuel Valdez is kind of kind of interesting as well. But absolutely, yeah. Um, Another guy I wanted to talk about from yesterday, Michael King had a really nice start against the Brewers. Uh, five innings, one run, four hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. He's got a 108 ERA, a 0.96 whip, and 21-3 strikeout-to-walk rate over 16 and two-thirds innings since moving into that Yankees rotation. Uh Velocity has actually been up since he's moved into the rotation, which is interesting. Um, you know, he came up as a starter, so this is not totally foreign to him. He, throughout the minors, he was a starter, and some of his earlier days with the Yankees, he made some starts. I'm, I think he's at the very least positioning himself to be considered for next year's rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that he's not only maintaining that velocity in a move into the rotation, but actually bumping it up a little bit. Right. If he can, I mean, he's, I don't think he's gone beyond five innings yet, which is understandable because he's spent most of the year uh, as a reliever. And I believe mm-hmm. all the last like two years, it pitched exclusively in relief, at least at the major league level. So not a surprise that he's not pitching too deep into games yet. So we'll see how that velocity holds when he, if he is used as a starter next year and ultimately goes, you know, six, seven innings. But oftentimes, I mean, you assume that when a guy moves from the bullpen to the rotation, you're going to see the stuff tick down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But on certain occasions, you see guys, um, that have been just kind of airing it out in the bullpen and they suddenly realized, Hey, I can actually throw with that kind of effort as a starter and maintain sure. it. Um, it's not, that doesn't happen too often, but maybe Michael King is one of those guys. And if that can potentially be the case. Like he goes from, I mean, when he was during his prospect days and first coming up, he was, I think viewed as more of a, more like a back end potential starter, but if he can, really found a home as a reliever and showed great strikeout ability. If he can maintain that velocity, you know, he was 
yesterday he throws two different kinds of fastballs and yesterday he was like hitting 98 with his four seamer yeah starter you know that's at the very least he has my attention i think he definitely has the yankees attention as well Mm -hmm. as they consider him for the rotation next year so intrigued to, to to follow the rest of his starts down the stretch and see what the yankees do over the off season maybe he can have a rotation spot in 2024 yeah, at the very least, I think you might compete for something. There are a lot of names that can potentially fill the back-end spots for the Yankees, but I think at least King has been good enough to put him in that position. He's also valuable in the bullpen, though. They they may value him more as a guy, as a multi-inning reliever, a guy you can even use in high-leverage situations. Be curious to see how they follow it. Uh, those are the positives. There were some negatives. Not surprisingly, we're talking about some starting pitchers because there were a lot of runs scored yesterday. Uh, especially on Saturday between the Orioles and the Red Sox, a 13 to 12 Hootenanny of a game, four innings and six, seven runs for Chris Sale, who has just been off and on, like in terms of being on the mound and off and on in terms of success when he's on it. Didn't have it again on Saturday, though, which is disappointing because he looked really good against the Royals in the previous start, five innings of shutout baseball with five strikeouts, five strikeouts again in this one but just a lot of hard contact allows six hits allows six earned runs two homers uh ERA now of 4.88 106 strikeouts in eight certainly a, a low enough amount of innings to be intrigued by the swing and miss stuff for sure 96 and two-thirds that just pulled up as I was saying it but he's allowed 13 homers in those innings as well 86 and two-thirds by the way the eyes played a little bit of a trick on me long story short I don't know if I'm going to be drafting Chris Sale very much in 2024 yeah, I mean, he it's just been very up and down. Like, he, yes. before he got hurt with the – what was the injury he dealt with? The shoulder? Yes. He spent, like, yeah. Like, right before that, like, he had gone through, like, a, what, six or seven, eight-start stretch where he just looked – I mean, kind of looked like old Chris Sale. Yeah. Um, but – and like you mentioned, he had a good that good start against the Royals, so he still shows flashes, and there really seems to be no real rhyme or reason when we're going to get good Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Um, the velocity has really fluctuated. It, he himself, after yesterday's start, you could tell that he was just extremely frustrated. You know, he made the comment that like I'm supposed to be somebody on this team, and I'm not, and it's very frustrating. He said we scored. Uh, 12 bleeping runs and <laughs> but the starting pitcher pointing to himself uh kept us from winning this game so he's you know frustrating fantasy managers and he's he's uh frustrating himself as well so yeah, yeah. i mean it's gonna be we'll see how he looks the rest of this season and going into spring training i could see a scenario where he looks great in the spring velocity is up and his his draft stock kind of ticks back ticks back up but sure yeah he's he's definitely a guy that you're going to be uh going to be leery of going into to 2024 another guy who's really been what i was going to say up and down but really mostly down this season yeah that same game christian javier not the not the same game that was a uh we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about same game a little bit ago you just got a little ahead of yourself <laughs> That's right. Got a little yeah. So yeah, Christian Javier, four innings, four runs, four hits, four is wild in this game. Uh, three walks and five strikeouts. 
Over his last 13 starts, Christian Javier has a 7.27 ERA. Oof. Fewer than yeah, four, fewer than five innings in six of those starts. 56 to 35 strikeout to walk rate and 60 and two thirds innings. So nearly a strikeout per inning, but the walks have been way up. He's having home run issues. He did have a quality start in the outing prior to this this past win against against the Orioles. But that was uh, one of only two during that 13 start stretch, just not pitching deep into games. Right. Giving up lots of home runs, giving up lots of hard contact. You know, he Javier's been one of those guys that, you know, the fastball to the naked eye doesn't look great, but it, mm-hmm. it's, it's always played well on the on the metrics. I mean, he's been kind of one of the poster boys for, for the elevated fastball. Like it just doesn't look like it should be as hard to hit as it is, at least right. when he's at his best. But it just hasn't worked out for him this year. Um, I wonder if he's hiding some sort of injury. Like it, it just has really fallen off badly for him. I, you know, he had the – was it this spring when he signed the, long, the long-term deal? Maybe that's uh, – don't remember if it was the back this of his mind as well. Spring. He's feeling yeah. some feeling some heat from that. I don't I don't know. It's tough to speculate on that, but right. Just a really disappointing year, obviously, for him and for the Astros. Um, you know, I don't think fantasy managers can trust him at all down the stretch. I think it's like if you need that roster spot as good as Christian Javier has been the last couple of years. I think it's go ahead. It's fine to go ahead and cut him loose if you need that. Need you need that extra spot? Yeah, I think that's a good call. And I'm actually curious to see, you know, assuming the Astros do make the postseason, um, whether it's winning the division or the wild card, that's still a pretty close race. I'll be curious to see how they line up that rotation. I think Justin Verlander, obviously, you're lining up for that first start, and then Framberth for Game Two. But you start in game three. That's a really interesting uh, situation that I, I, I'll be monitoring. Brown's really struggled lately, too. Absolutely, yeah. It would be surprised that if they went um, maybe a bullpen route in those type of games. Maybe you do what the Phillies did with Ranger Suarez, where if he pitches well in the postseason, keep him going. If not, just kind of take a look at your options. Fortunately, you have two pretty good guys starting those first two games in a good lineup. And speaking of that good lineup, and Ryan teased it before, even though he kind of didn't mean to. Well, he kind of did, but he just didn't do it. But, well, it's late in the year. Uh, Seth Lugo was the other starter in that game, and he really struggled. Four and a third innings, gave up six runs, a homer, walked three, and struck out only two. This is particularly disappointing, Ryan, because he actually looked pretty darn good as of late. He'd given up a total of five, four runs in his last five starts combined. Three of those last four, he had gone six innings of shutout baseball, was actually missing bats at a decent level. You know, this is not – Seth Lugo has never been a guy who has been throw the ball by you or missed bats with great uh, great secondary stuff. But he's done a pretty good job of limiting hard contact and using letting his flawed but athletic defense get to baseball. He just didn't have it whatsoever. I will say, though – I'm still using Seth Lugo in the next couple of starts. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him down the stretch. It just, this was an example of where he doesn't have his best command. He can get eaten up against the good lineups. And his last clunker was against the Dodgers where he went 33 and a third innings and gave up eight runs. So if he's facing one of the better lineups like the Astros 
or the Dodgers, or if he has to pitch in Coors Field and there's a windstorm going on. Yeah, maybe you're not using Seth Lugo. Everyone else, I'm absolutely considering using Seth Lugo down the stretch. Yeah, and he 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 mentioned um, not so subtly that he thought the the, the Dodgers were kind of stealing signs and that. Yes, that where he got I forgot about that. Which the Dodgers shockingly disputed that disputed that notion. But yeah, I've been surprised that given that he's been used as a reliever for so long, I've been surprised at how well you know this start notwithstanding how well Seth Lugo has held up like in the second half to a, you know, a workload that he hasn't been used to for a, for a long time. Right. He was, he's still like, I mean, he's hitting, you know, 96 sometimes in the radar gun. He's, he's always had that really good curveball that just has a crazy amount of spin. Um, so yeah, I've been, I'm with you. I think you can look at the matchups, um, play the matchups with him, but I, I wouldn't be super, nervous about about using him down the stretch yeah totally fair all right let's look at those fab targets we've got some good ones ryan i'm gonna give my two just because they're somewhat similar and they're basically the guys that you're using the rest of your fab on if i'm being completely honest with you uh jordan lawler and evan carter now in order i'm putting jordan lawler at one and evan carter at two um Lawler, I think, is looked pretty solid in his debut. Evan Carter also got a hit in that first game. Some people are going to look at Evan Carter hitting at the back of the lineup and take that as a negative. I actually think it's a positive because if he can get on base and get a chance to be driven in by the top of that lineup, I think that's actually a nice thing that he has going. Sucks that the reason that he's up is because Adolis Garcia is going to miss probably the rest of the season with his injury. Um, has had a nice little uh, campaign for himself. Uh, has had a cut, quite a nice little career for himself, if we're being completely honest with you, each other. But uh, that's who I'm putting at number two on this list. If you can go get Jordan Lawler still, I'm using the rest of my fab because I think he is the type of guy who could be an absolute difference maker who can contribute in every category. I think Carter can contribute in a few categories as well. I'm not sure about the power. It's something that's more coming than is currently present, but on base percentage league, really like Evan Carter because his approach to the plate is so good. Everybody raves about his ability to recognize spin, but in order I'm going Lawler one and I'm going Carter two. either way. If you can get either guy, um, use your target get rid of your fab there's just so little baseball left there's nobody who's going to be worth using that fab for more than those two guys yeah i'm with you i mean we're at at the point in the season where there's just not another guy of of jordan lawler's caliber that's going to be going to be coming around so if you've been saving onto that fab which i never really recommend honestly like i'm i'm usually an aggressive fab bidder Uh, i've i've had like you know 10 percent of my fab since like june <laughs> that's 10 percent of it left but yeah if, if you have saved up go ahead and blow it on jordan lawler he's young you never know how about he's going to adjust to the big leagues right away but sure the upside is is massive with him um a couple other guys i wanted to mention not quite as young as um as the two guys you just mentioned but they're s- still fairly young in their own right Mm-hmm. Wilson Velasquez, nine home runs and 87 plate appearances as a Royal. Last week, he had a stretch of three straight games with a home run. 
28 home runs between AAA and the majors in 2023. Over 325 career plate appearances. He's got 18 home runs. You know, he's a guy who strikeouts are going to be an issue with them. They always have been. He's going to be streaky. But he's also the kind of guy with the with that kind of power that could just put together a really hot month, really hot few weeks, and be a nice uh, nice boost to that to that power, those power stats down the stretch. And that's I mean that's really what you're looking for at this point in the year. You you can't you're not looking for long term plays. Like you're hoping to get a guy like a Nelson Velasquez who has power and is in the midst of a hot power streak. And yes, I mean hopefully he can carry that down in the then these last few weeks, he came into set action Saturday with a 20.8% barrel rate, which if you compare that to among qualifiers, only Aaron judge is higher than that. So oh. legitimately hitting the ball extremely hard. That's impressive. Um, when he does make contact. Uh, yes. <laughs> like I'm, so he's he's going to swing and miss, but the Royals seem committed to giving him everyday at bats at this point. They were kind of, kind of fluctuating on that uh, initially, but he's he's been in the lineup regularly of late, so I think he's a, a solid power play down the stretch. Um, switching gears a little bit here to a pitcher, mm-hmm. Ryan Pepio carried a perfect game through six and two-thirds innings against the yes. Marlins in his last start and has really looked good in the brief time he's been in the majors this year. 0.86 ERA, 0.52 whip. 17 to 2 strikeout to walk rate in 21 innings. He did miss a large chunk of this season with a kind of a severe oblique injury. Right. But in those 43 and two thirds innings he has between AAA and the majors, a 43 to 7 strikeout to walk rate. Walks have been an issue for him in the minors. Yes. Uh, but they have not been so far this year. I don't know if he's tweaked something, but. That could possibly, you know, regress to the mean, but sure. perhaps he's figured something out mechanically. I don't know, but if he throws strikes, I think he's got some upside there, and he's obviously got a great offense backing him. The Dodgers, I don't want to say they really need him, but they need kind of need somebody to step up. You know, sure. The situation with uh, unfortunate situation with Julio Urias, he's obviously done for the season. Yes. Um, and they're going to need Pepio, Emmett Sheehan, somebody to to step into this important, some important innings there. And, you know, Pepio has looked great this season mm-hmm. when healthy. He's got the Padres lined up for his next start. I, I'm okay streaming him in that matchup. Um, Padres don't really have much to play for at this point. Um I think he's I think he's worthy of uh, scooping up in, in in deeper leagues and and streaming if you're looking for a streaming option in the upcoming week. It's crazy how good the Dodgers are now, and they're relying on three rookies in their rotation. Like Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, and Emmett Sheehan are basically your three, four, five right now. I'd be curious to see how they line these guys up for the postseason as well, because we can just go ahead and say they've won that division. They are going to have a bye, so you can line it up how you want. So you're definitely going Kershaw 1, Lynn 2. And then I think I'd go Pepio 3 the way he's looked. Now, that can obviously change over this next uh, couple weeks or something like that. But imagine me telling you, like, 
at the start of this year, hey, the Dodgers are going to be 86 and 55, and their back of their rotation is going to be Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, and Emmett Sheehan. That's that's 60% of your starts that are going to be made down the stretch. I don't think a lot of people would believe me, but that's where we are. And it also says, like, all due respect to those kids who have shown some flashes of real brilliance. Sheehan for a moment. Uh, Miller looked like the greatest starting pitcher in baseball history there for just quite a second there. And then sat some nice starts at the end as well. But it just tells you how flipping good that lineup is, Ryan. Like that is just stupid to have that much talent at the top of your lineup. Even with, even as you see Mookie Betts, who hopefully we'll get to see at the start of next week, but they don't sound too, uh, they don't sound too he's negative about it today. Actually. Oh, he's back in the lineup today. That's great. That is awesome to see because we want Mookie Betts in the lineup, and hopefully he can go bowling after this. If you haven't heard, right? Mookie Betts, really good bowler. Uh, that's going to do it for our show this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, wish you luck for your fantasy football season as well. Everybody get off to a 1-0 start somehow. Uh, there's millions of people who listen to this. I don't know how that's possible, but I do hope everyone has luck or at least plays well. I've got Bijan Robinson. I just noticed he scored a touchdown for me. Very excited. Uh, you can follow me on whatever they're calling that website now at Crawford underscore MILB. You can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Please hit like, please hit subscribe. And remember that we have daily shows throughout the regular season. You're going to want to tune in. You're going to want to make sure you have all the latest information. It is playoff time, baby, and you want to make sure that you are ready to roll. Thanks so much, and have a great week.